Um, so we have a very special treat before Nancy's uh, awesome birthday teaching. Uh, well, it's not about birthday, but it, it is her birthday, and we're here to celebrate, so which is really fun. Um, but I uh, want to introduce a very dear uh, friend of mine. Her name is Cindy Lee. <laughs> Um, and I have known her for a very long time, um, ever since we were in second grade. And um, she has, um, and we didn't see each other for a very long time after eighth grade. And then when we met up again, um, she's just, she was just amazing. I just invited her to church. It took her a little while to come, but that's all right. And now she's here, and um, she is an amazing woman who um, has graduated from a very awesome school. She's a doctor. And, <laughs> and so um, I just want to introduce her. She's going to share a little bit about her. Um, she's just going to share something really awesome with you guys. So uh, Cindy Lee, Dr. Cindy Lee. Um, huh. I get <laughs> so I usually hate praise and worship. Gosh, I'm so emotional. <laughs> I hate praise and worship usually, and I always come later. Um, but today, it was, it was really meaningful because I, I was sitting in the front, and I, I saw Susan, and just seeing, because I've known her since uh, we were, I don't know, five, and so just seeing her standing up here with all her faith and her shining happiness and glowing, it was glorious. So um, that was great. And then also my, my aunt is here today. And um, and that means so much to me because no one from my family has, my actual family has joined me here. And so, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, speaking and having her here is really um, vulnerable and opening up because no, no one in my family really knows this side of me. Um, hmm, so I'm just going to share about why I, I came to church initially and another thing too about me I've um the past several months I've been going through a, a lot of changes I I was actually working at the I'm a psychiatrist so I was working at a clinic and I had a job change I left and so I lost almost 200 patients or connections that I had and then I broke up with my boyfriend of five years and um so people always say don't or psychiatrists we say don't change um work and relationships, or move, those three things, ever at the same time. <laughs> so you only change one at a time. Um, so I did, and then um, since then I've sort of strayed away from church. I know they haven't seen me much. Um, and then now, I went to a retreat a couple weeks ago, so I came back, but now I, coming here I feel like I'm crawling back in and almost like a little ashamed that I've been um, with, with, those, um, with those hardships instead of turning to, to God or my friends more. Of course, I went just astray and, you know, drinking and partying, doing your thing. And so um, now I'm, I'm back and I'm, I'm crawling in, especially today. So it feels a lot different coming in today. Um, but also when I'm here, I, I can feel that, that no one has judged me. And I feel that God has not judged me. He's actually just pulling me back, open arms. and um, Yeah, saying that I've been with you this whole time, and it's okay. It's okay that you stray a little. And um, 
but he's not pulling me back to punish me, you know, um, or to say, I, I told you so. It's actually just, here I am, open arms, and you can just fall, fall into me. So, um, and this is a reminder, I, I know I didn't know if I could talk today, but um, it, this is a reminder, thank you for listening, because this is a reminder for myself that um, why I came to begin with. Um, all right, so this is all uh, um, impromptu now. Um, <laughs> I had this other nice thing prepared. So I, um, yes, I spent most of my life in school um, ever since I was a fetus. Um, my family had decided I was going to be a doctor. So um, I, <laughs> yeah, I went, flew straight through school for the um, 30 years. Um, I, yeah, I finished undergrad and then I, those four years and med school four years and residency training was four years and so when I finished I was 30 and um, that definitely takes a toll on my um, personal growth um, and definitely I, I never considered spirituality or God or Jesus I never thought about those things because I was so focused on memorizing every cell in the body you know or muscle and it was, it was constant studying, so I, I never focused on anything else. And I had always, ever since I was little, I always waited for that day when I would be finished with school and training. So I knew that was going to happen when I was 30, and I always waited, and I thought, I was putting everything to the side and thought, um, no, when I, finish, when I finish, everything will be okay. When I have my job and everything's done and I'm done with school, that's when my life is going to start and it'll be great. So I finished um, my residency training and I moved back to San Francisco and then I you know I, I financially really stable so I, I bought a condo in San Francisco and um, got a academic job at UCSF um, and uh, yeah and I when I got there I felt more lost than ever I had finished everything and I was waiting for that day and but when I got there it, it just felt Everything was settled, and I had nothing more to study for or look for. And so I wasn't on this go-go academic train, and then I didn't know what to do with myself after that. And I, I thought, wow, I'm supposed to feel much different at this point. And I was supposed to be, I thought I would feel more calm and um, happy and satisfied when I finished. But um, that wasn't happening. So I... Uh, so I dived into definitely more spirituality and um, went to several sort of meditation retreats and um, life transformational courses, workshops. And Susan, we reconnected and she invited me to church for a whole year. She, she would see me once a month and just invite me to church and tell me how it had blessed her and I I always said no. I don't. I don't do Jesus. Um, <laughs> I don't do the God thing. Um, so it's amazing that I'm wearing a cross. I, I never thought that if you asked me six years ago. Um, so I pushed her aside. Yeah, I, I always thought Christians were just weird. <laughs> <coughs> and so um, she invited me, and then then she shared with me how it, was, it had blessed her life and changed her inside, um, I don't want to share too much, her self-esteem and her um, just faith and happiness in life. So I 
finally gave it a chance because I wanted her to get off my back. <laughs> and then I, I showed up to, to our church, and of course for the, the first year, I just kept showing up because when you come, it's not a fake atmosphere they're putting on here. There's a genuine um, feeling of concern and love and care and support that everyone here has for one another. And it can come off initially as bizarre, wow, is this fake? But it's, if we keep, com if we keep coming, and when I kept coming, I knew and I felt that it, it's real and that it's genuine and everyone here doesn't just hide everything on the outside and act like everything's perfect. Um, everybody's very supportive and we really wanna know what is going on in your heart or in your life. And I don't just care about your shoes and your makeup, it's actually what is going on inside with you. Um, so I, uh, I kept coming around. I didn't actually quite believe in God or Jesus yet, um, but I kept showing up to all the events and then slowly through feeling everyone else's love here and everyone else's compassion and care, I felt God through them. Because how else, you know, how else is a person supposed to feel God or hear from him? Um, <laughs> yeah, and standing here today, I actually, for the first time, I saw Susan glow. It was almost like an angel, so. Um, yeah, so I started um, coming, and then from there, I am never this emotional, by the way. I, <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, the, <laughs> I think the first three years I came, everyone was crying around me, and I could not cry, and I, Every retreat we had or so, I would bang my fist. I, I remember Nancy knew. I was like, I want to cry. I want to cry. <laughs> I want to have emotion. I need to bleed. Um, but I never cried. So today, wow. Thank you for sharing my tears. This is the most I've cried. Yeah. Um, so I, yes. And so since then, coming, it has blessed my life so much to have someone with me at all times to feel when I'm alone or when I need um, strength, I really pray now. And I turn to God and I can feel him in my life. And I'm a, I'm a very relationship people person oriented, so I really needed, I know this church because it's really through people and relationships here. Oops. It's very relationship people oriented. And so I, I know if I, I'd gone to other churches before, but I hadn't had that connection because it was just more I don't mean to talk down on churches, it's just the way I am. It was more sit down, stand up, sit down, stand up, um, eat some bread. Um, that just didn't work for me. I'm, it, I'm sure it works for other people. I do not mean to put that down. It just, I needed to connect through people. So nonetheless, I am here today. I feel really blessed that you guys all listened. It was free therapy for me. Um, <laughs> and. Yes, it's just completely changed my life and helped my feeling more grounded, helped my self-worth, my self-esteem, helped me feel better and not just um, focused on like, a resume that I had in life and just academic achievements. Um, it really shows me there's a lot more to life and my worth than just um, studying. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Thank you.
I've uh, had the, oops, the joy. I'm Nancy if I haven't met you, so. Um, and I suckered a lot of people into coming today because of my birthday, so. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> but I've known <coughs> Cindy for however long she's been coming, and she's an amazing and powerful woman that's made a difference in many people's lives. Um, and her story uh, actually is a lot about what I want to talk about today, which is God's grace. It is my favorite topic. And I'm excited today because um, <laughs> for, for months I've been going, I can't wait for my birthday. Like, I can't wait for my birthday. Because starting three years ago, um, I came up with all of these wacky ways to to celebrate my birthday, like asking people to pray and things like that. So this year I did the same thing. I asked people to do prayer and, um, and then asked people to come to church that usually don't. <laughs> so I'm super excited and blessed to see all of your faces of people. There's so many people here that I love and mean so very, very much to me. And I hope everybody's staying after for, um, we ordered Maggiano's for food afterwards, so please don't run away and hang out and, and, um, uh, and celebrate and eat and have a good time. <coughs> but it's like, the great thing about birthdays is you get to do what you want, right? Or like you get to ask for what you want. People don't have to give it to you, but you can at least ask. You can go, you know, how great is that? So, <laughs> so I get to even teach what I want. I get to teach what I am excited about. And so the topic today is grace, which is I think it, it might have always be my favorite topic. Grace is crazy and amazing and wonderful and so kind of hard to, to, to like, it's, it's so big and yet so many times it's hard for us to get it. There is no topic taught about in the Bible more than grace. It's like you want to talk about something really redundant and repetitive in the Bible. The, read the book of Romans. It's grace, 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 grace. And you go, why would God say the same freaking things over and over? I can say freaking, right? <laughs> over and over again. Like, why? You know, why is that? And it's because it is something that we lose all the time, that we forget. Because grace is the opposite of how everything else works in the world. Everything else in the world is works, is earned, and it's not like that's crazy. Like if you had a job and you didn't have to work for it, that would, that would be crazy. Grace in a job would be a little crazy. We're going to pay you whether you work or not, whether you do anything. I mean, I'm not saying like there are places for works, you know, for getting what you earned and what you deserve, right? The world would be kind of really wacky if we didn't have that in there. But grace is the opposite of works, and it relates specifically to us not needing to be deserving of God's love, that we can be whoever we are in the, in the well, I'll give you the real definition of grace, and then I'm going to talk to you about how it kind of communicates to me, or not the real definition, but the maybe more official, you know, definition, is grace is unmerited divine favor, unmerited. You did not deserve it. You didn't earn it. And it's God's favor, it's God's goodness, it's God's wanting to bless you when you don't deserve it. 
Grace is huge. God wants us to get grace. Now, what really, it's just sort of, it's definitely the, it's very, it's a weird thing of Christianity. It's not a part of other world faiths. And so sometimes that's really hard to kind of wrap your head around. A lot of people even get mad about grace. We'll talk about that too. People go, I don't like grace. Why does that have to be? That sounds ridiculous and crazy that God would love you just the way you are without earning anything or without doing anything. But grace is something I believe we all desperately need. We need to see that our value and our worth and who we are, that we don't have to earn that. And also that we don't have to earn God's love and God's goodness and God's favor. And another way to put it, Cloud and Townsend say, it means God is for you unconditionally. He's in your corner. He is backing you. He's, you know, for you right now. And you don't have to earn that either. Because usually you think about this. In, in people relationships, for the most part, we have to earn that, right? In fact, sometimes we get really hurt by that because love is very conditional. You know, oftentimes where people withdraw love or withdraw being for us. And so that gets, you know, really confusing. And that's why so often we think that God's doing that when he's not. Because God actually speaks a lot about why he's not. And so when it comes to one of the reasons that, you know, and God contrasts grace and versus works. He said that we're saved by grace, not of works, lest any sh anyone should boast, anybody should brag. Because what happens is, is when we are trying to earn or deserve God's love, it's a black hole. No matter what you do, you're never going to feel good enough. Have you noticed that? Like, if it's about what you do, have you noticed, like, if you are evaluating your worth and your value on what you do, that somehow it's never good enough? You know, it just sort of... Because where does that leave you? All as it, do, as it does is it compares. Like, what is good enough anyway? Where is the line? A lot of people just make up their own line. Have you seen people that are terrible and they say, I think I'm good enough? You're like, I don't think so. Where, where's your line? Way down here someplace? Like, wow. You know, I think I'm a good person and the person's hideous. They steal, they lie, you know, take advantage and they go, I'm a good person. I've heard that, right? Haven't you? So where do we come up with the line? You know, it's when we're doing that, the line is just sort of arbitrary. So what happens is if you make up a line of what's a good person, some part of you is going, you're lying. Because we all know that we, have, we all have dark parts. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We have dark thoughts, dark feelings, things that we feel shame about and crummy about. So, so earn, that's why the earning thing doesn't work in that context. Works great at the office or at your job, but not in the context of God or in our, in our relationship uh, with him. So let's go to 1 Peter uh, 4. We are on um, the Bible app. If you've got um, version, we've got that. Well, you'll see all the verses that we're going to talk about today on version. And, uh, or if you're old school and got Bibles, uh, or you can just look there. Um, and you can take notes in your programs. I'm going to ask you some questions that are sort of contemplative questions later. So we gave you pens. You can write stuff down, too. 
You know, it's kind of, yeah, so let's go to um, 1 Peter 4, because we're in this series called Spread the Love, and it's about the, the uh, it's about how we can be there for other people. And so we want to look at this grace, not just in re relationship to us, but also how we can make a difference in other people's lives via grace. Okay, so let's look at 1 Peter 4, and in verse 8, it says, and above all things. Now, you think you should pay attention to something when it says above all things? It kind of, sometimes you just got to stop and go, okay, I'm going to make sure I read these next words of what this says. Above all things, which is a big statement, it says, have fervent love for one another. So this is really interesting, too, because we hear a lot about love. Love, it says, you know, it's, it, you know, we've all heard 1 Corinthians 13, you know, where it says love is kind and all those things. And it says, if you have knowledge, anything else, that basically love trumps everything. Love is a big, big deal in the Bible um, and a big deal in life. But that's why God speaks about it so much. And so grace, we're going to see, is a piece of the love of God. It is included. If you're going to love with the love of God, grace has got to be in the mix there. And so it says, but it doesn't just say love. It says fervent. What do you think about fervent? It means white hot love. It's not neutral love. You know, sometimes we, sometimes we get really wishy-washy about love. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I'm not really going to be engaged. I'll just use the word. Love ya. You know, it's <laughs> like real investment in, the, in that, right? You know, sometimes people even do the love ya thing just so that you can't really put your heart into it. So God's saying, above all things, that, that we are to have white, hot love for one another. And that word love is the word agape, which is the love of God. It is not, we had uh, learned a few weeks ago that there's, in agape love, it's a pure love. It's an unconditional love. It's the, it, we talked about there's no fear in agape love because a lot of times worldly love is full of fear. So it says... Have fervent love for one another. It says, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Or you know what? Um, you know, if you have a modern v version, I was thinking it probably a good way to say it is, it'll cover a lot of crap. Legape love will cover a lot of crap. And it says in verse 9, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Which I think it's kind of funny because first it talks about that we are to have this love for one another. And then it says, be hospitable, because I think some people go, well, I love in my heart, but be hospitable is kind of more welcoming, warm. I don't want to deal with that. That's just not me. I'm not a people person, you know. So included in this, we should kind of notice, you know, if it's the love of God, we should notice just even in being hospitable without grumbling. Really, that person? I don't like that person. Really, God? They're difficult. In verse 10, it says, As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And I want to kind of walk you through this, because what it's saying is every person is gifted. Every person is one of a kind. 
How cool is it that God made every person like none other? Everyone here has gifts that make you special and unique to God that nobody else has got. There is nobody else like you. And you are amazing and wonderful in the gifts that God gave you, whether it's your personality. Everybody's got different personalities. Whether it's the things you like or are interested in. You are, God made you to be, it says, his masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. He said he gave you, he has gifted you. Guess why? A lot of times people look at gifts and, and gifts that God gave them as self-serving. That's not what God says. God says that our gifts and what we've been given is to serve. That word minister just means to serve. Like we think of a minister as like a pastor or, you know, preaching or something. But to be a servant, it says, and what are we supposed to serve? This is to everybody. Serving one another as good stewards. A steward is like somebody that's watching over something or responsible for something. We don't really talk stewardship too often, but it's that concept that you're responsible for something. Stewards of the manifold grace of God. And the manifold means many colors or variegated which is kind of really wild, like, you know, what would that look like? That we are to be serving the God's grace. We're in the many colors of grace. Now, why is it many colors? Because we have many gifts. God's grace is going to show up differently in each person. Every person has got a calling in manifesting his grace that's one of a kind. And so it's going to show up in different ways with different colors. How great is that? It's not just some big blanket, I don't know, generic thing. It's going to show up. We're going to see it. It's going to come alive in wonderful ways because of who each of us is, one of a kind. How cool is that? It's really, it's awesome. Yes, it's awesome. Can I get a hallelujah? Hallelujah. <laughs> I, was, I was watching a comic about white and black churches. I go, oh, we got to do. And Tatasha and Tatasha are always saying, you got to get people to talk more during your service. I keep forgetting to do it, though. They're just like, we want to, you go, we get so excited. You've got to give us an outlet where we get to say stuff during it. I'm like, okay. So anyway. <laughs> Let's go. Um, I, there's a, so we don't want to be self-centered. You know, it's just sort of, you know, it's interesting. Like, um, I was hearing, Patty said something the other day, because we have this program called the Ambassador Program where we teach people to be better servants to others and leaders. And she was talking about one of the things that she learned in her ambassador year was she was there caring for people and she said she could see the shock on people's faces that people cared because it's so rare. Because most of the time you have a conversation, have you ever noticed you have a conversation with people a lot of times and they could care less what's going on with you? Do you know what I mean? Like. <clears throat> they're not noticing. You could be on the verge of tears, wouldn't even notice. You could be hurting, don't care, please don't talk about it. You know? So it's just sort of God has called us to be people that give and make a difference in the world around us. That's what this whole Spread the Love series is. To get where we look at what can I give. And then it's one of those paradoxical things with God that when you give, it's multiplied back to you. You see more in your own, in your own life. Let's look at Luke 18. This is um, 
verse of scripture that always touches me pretty deeply. Um, it says in Luke 18 and verse 9, because this is kind of, <clears throat> it's a parable that Jesus talked about that you kind of see the relating of grace and works vividly. In Luke 18 and verse 9, it says, Also he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous. Now this is the work system. If you're looking at it like, I'm a good person and I do this, and you got your little checklist of why you deserve God, and, you know, I've done it in my walk with God, and probably you have too, right? Don't leave me hanging here by myself. You know, it's, does it feel good? It didn't feel good. But Jesus spoke because they were, <laughs> it's trusting in themselves, looking to themselves for being righteous, for being right, for being, and despised others. Do you see when you're doing a work system, oftentimes that happens. When you're feeling deserving, you despise other people. Well, they need to bring, they need to get it together. I'm doing all the work here. You got Martha and Mary, the prodigal son, all those stories. You know, Jonah and Nineveh, you know, it's just sort of, um, of comparing. Then you feel like you're caring at all and resent other people around you for not being as awesome as you. Doesn't feel good, that comparing thing. It just does not work. And then it says in verse 10, Two men <coughs> went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Now, Pharisees, Pharisees like a pastor. And a tax collector, like today, we probably think that's an awesome job or at least a nice job, maybe not awesome. Um, sorry if anybody works for the IRS here. But um, it would be kind of like back in those days because they weren't necessarily the most honest people, tax collectors were just scum. So it would be kind of like this parable, here's a pastor and a prostitute. Sounds like the beginning of a joke. So it's a pastor and a prostitute is what Jesus said. It's kind of like that. Um, and then the, the pastor stood, Pharisee stood, and prayed thus with himself. And it's kind of interesting as he's praying with himself. I wonder what that means. And he goes, God, I thank you. I'm not like other men extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or pfft, even this tax collector. So how, so how much is sort of like, have you thought, to, I mean, I've thought this way. Thank God I'm not like them. Thank God I don't look like that. Thank God I don't, you know, I'm not that person. To make, have you, people do this all the time to make themselves feel better, and it doesn't work. It makes you feel crummy. Because guess what? Somebody's always going to be better. So that feels crummy too. Whatever you're great at, whatever you feel superior about, somebody's going to be better. Except for me as an acting teacher. That's like... <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, if you guys, some of you guys don't know, but um, I'm a volunteer here, so I, my job job is an acting teacher, so... <laughs> Um, so anyway, it says, <laughs> so he's saying, 
thank God I'm not like them. Oh, and then what he does is he goes, I fast twice a week. I give money to the church, right, which is not a bad thing to do. I, gi I give tithes, 10% of everything I possess. So he's listing like his little checkoff things, why he's a lot better than those other evil people. And then it says, the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat on his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. So, you know, I just saw, one of the things I just realized, you know, or, or and then it says in verse 14, Jesus says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And I was thinking about this, like, it's really interesting because what's happening with this guy is that he's asking for help. You know, one of the things I just realized is between the two is, one, you've got the Pharisee, and he's a closed system. For one, he's not asking God for anything. He's given God, this is why I deserve to be blessed, kind of a list. There's no God, can you do something for me? It's like a closed system. And then you see the tax collector saying, be merciful. You know, mercy is a part of grace because part of grace is undeserving. Undeserving means we know why we don't deserve it. And this is, this is the cure for shame. Shame is not helpful. Shame keeps you in prison, in a bondage. There is nothing. A lot of people are so held back by shame in their lives. Grace is the cure for shame. But you got to let grace in. And a part of grace is mercy. Mercy meaning, I know I really am bad in parts or think bad or have bad parts. I know that. I see it but God is still for me. So it it's kind of goes beyond. Like mercy is just like God saying, you don't have to pay for, for the bad stuff, that you don't, you know, I forgive you. But grace goes beyond that and saying, I forgive you, but I also want to bless you. I also am for you. I am in your corner. So it's saying... You know, it's interesting, too, because it's not like he's saying, be merciful. He's asking for mercy. He's not just, I'm a worm. I'm going to stay a worm for the whole rest of my life. You know, the Bible talks about godly sorrow leads to repentance. God, you know, like godly sorrow is not shame. Godly sorrow is acknowledging where we do fall short and letting grace and letting it is that Jesus the whole reason of his giving his life is it paid the price for every shortcoming, for every sin, for everything. It's a free gift. There is no conditions. It's not grace but. It's not. This lives for me for so many ways as far as grace goes because I was raised kind of an intense atheist home and I believe that. You know, I was really angry at God and well, didn't think that there was a God, but I, I guess I was angry at churches. I was angry at churches. I was angry at Christians. I felt like all I had experienced was judgment. And 
the thing that changed my life. It was the craziest thing ever. Now it seems to me like, like obvious, but I, for some reason, somebody told me that Jesus gave his life for me just the way I was, and it was free, and I didn't have to do anything for it but have faith and believe and receive. And I was like, because Jesus is like, I, I kind of heard about Jesus. I knew, you know, Jesus had a reputation for being good and loving. And so the fact that someone like that would give their life for me, and the thing is, is I spent my life mocking Jesus. So the fact that he loved me when I made fun of him I didn't have to do anything. I, I was just like, I was blown away. I don't know why, but I have never known love like that before. It changed my life. You know, and as I said before, like this is a moment. And Jesus told me that day when I got saved and that the reason that other people were so cruel to me, it was because they didn't know his love. And that made sense to me. And so, it's just like, I had had a, you know, if you don't, if you don't know, I'd, I had a very rough uh, beginning. It's a miracle I'm alive. I was very severely physically and sexually abused. I shouldn't be alive today. So, and I thought, because of that kind of history, I spent every day thinking about wanting to die. Like, didn't know what life was all the time. Just thought about dying. So to know his love and have it change my life so unconditionally, it just, I have never, it lives in my heart, like, so big. I went to, you know, I went to everybody I knew the next day. And was just like, I looked at people that hated me, this girl that wanted to beat me up. And I was just like, Did you, have you heard about Jesus? <laughs> he loves you just, I'm like crying, she's crying. And I'm like, she'd always want to beat me up. And I was just like, but I just thought, yeah, you, you want to beat me up because you don't know his love. It's so good. So let's go to um, 2 Corinthians 12. It says, Jesus, uh, in verse 9, it says, And he said to me, this is Jesus, speaking to Paul, My grace is sufficient, it's enough for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So, you know, it's kind of like, you know what's funny is that, um, What we're talking about with the, with the Pharisee and the tax collector is that that tax collector, when he's asking for mercy, let something in. Instead of being self-reliant and trusting in himself and his works that he's good enough and, you know, goody-goody, check off the box, I'm a goody-goody Christian. We've got we've to be connected with grace no matter where we're at because we all need it. I don't care if you are a goody-goody. I'm kind of a goody-goody right now. I, you know, but I need grace. 
You know, I, there was a time even in my Christian walk just, I don't know, eight years ago that I got self-reliant and was kind of going, well, again, I, I was just sounding like, just like the Pharisee. I pay my tithes. I do, da, da, you know, I minister. I'm a servant. I do, you know, I'm a good person and forgot grace, but it's the free, most freeing healing thing ever <clears throat> is grace, and it allows room for Jesus to be there for us in it. You know, it's kind of funny, too, because why is it that we forget when we've received the grace that somehow we start walking that we think that now it's earned? It doesn't stop just after you, it's not like you get saved, you become a Christian, and now the grace stops. I've seen that in some churches. I've been in churches like that. It's grace just up until you receive Jesus, then after that, you better get it together. And there's just judgment like crazy. Just to show you, and what happens is when, when you are living like that in the church I was in, you couldn't talk about problems or struggles, so you couldn't get any help. I was in a place where I was a part of a church, and um, I was married to my first husband. I was cheating all the time and lying about it and keeping it this total dirty little secret, or big giant secret, and nobody knew. Because I knew I'd be judged and ostracized, so I couldn't even get any help with trying to, how can you move? You can't do anything if it's, if, you got, if you got to cover everything up. There was no healing there. But you know what? I saw God's grace there. And I'm telling you, I had been a Christian for years and should not be doing those things. I was making, I was one of those people that made Christianity look bad. I'm preaching Jesus and cheating on my husband with people I'm preaching to Jesus to. It disgusts me. It's embarrassing. I, you know, it is hideous that I behave that way. But God loved me, and his grace was for me then, right then. He fought for me. He cared for me to get me healing so I could have a healthy relationship one day. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So wherever you are, his grace is for you right now in this moment, whatever it is. You do not need to earn your way to God. That's a lie from Satan to keep you away from God. I don't care what you're doing. Come on, really. Could you think of anything a little bit more ridiculous than me being a Christian behaving that way? A few more ridiculous, but it's pretty up there at the top. That's why that song <clears throat> is so powerful. Oops. You know, the um, Amazing Grace. You know, you, do you know that song, Amazing Grace? It's been around. still great for a reason. But... It was written by John Newton, who ran slave ships. He ran slave ships where people, people died and went through hell. And, it and, he, and he did this. And he knew that he didn't even deserve to be alive after what he did. He knew. Like he was so undeserving of God and of Jesus. He knew that. And that song is amazing grace that saved a wretch. He says, a wretch like me. That's how big God's grace is. So how can grace be okay? Won't people go crazy? That's why people get mad sometimes. 
grace, you can't teach grace. People just run amok. And that's why sometimes people use the word grace, but then you don't actually see it lived out in the church. You've seen that where we say the word, but somehow it's not really happening. You know, like people, what's not grace is withdrawing your love from people because of their shortcomings or what their struggles are. Like, oh, you know. <coughs> but it says in Romans 2 and verse <coughs> 4, it says, or do you despise the riches? That's a strong word. Think about despising something. And I've seen this. Or do you despise, it says, the riches, oh, I love that word, of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering. This is God. People sometimes despise it. He's saying, this is the, the previous thing is about people that judge others. That are sitting there, that sitting there going, oh, look at that person and that person. And that's where they, you get all the gay verses that people are so angry about. Is, I'll tell you, the context of it is saying, who are you to judge? We all need grace. That's the context of it. So it's coming right after that, and it says, you despise God's goodness? You who sit in judgment of others? It says, you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. Sear that in your brain, memorize it. You want to memorize a verse? The goodness, God's goodness leads us to, to what's it mean to repent, to change. God being good first makes you want to change, not the other way around where God's withdrawing and saying, I don't want to be with you, so you better earn your way into my love and my heart. It's saying his goodness and his love make you go, I, I want to change. Because I feel so loved the way I am. I want to do something different. There's another verse of scripture in Romans that we're not going to do because we don't have time. But it says, the reason you change is because it actually helps your life. Not because you're trying to earn God's love. The reason I changed being totally out of control as far as this, the adultery and all that craziness is because, I'm telling you, my life was a wreck. It was miserable. There was not anything good that came out of that. It made it. I was in a place that it wasn't possible that, for me to have any healthy relationships. So how's that working for me? Not. I don't change because God says adultery is naughty. It's because it was wrecking my life, and I got it because God loved me just in that condition that he helped me through to get healing. That's why I'm really passionate about the dating workshop, which you should all come to. <laughs> like how I get the th commercials in there. <laughs> it's about how to have awesome, awesome, healthy relationships no matter where you've been. Let's just do one more. Sorry, I think I'm going too long today, but it's my birthday. I can get by with it, right? Sorry about that. Colossians 4 and verse 5, because this is all about serving. It says, Colossians 4 verse 5, it says, Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, meaning people that don't know God, redeeming the time. So it's saying we want to walk wisely among people that don't know God. It says redeeming the time. And then here's, here's how you're supposed to act. Verse 6, it says, Let your speech always be with grace. Season with salt, <clears throat> that you might be able to know how to answer each one. Now, the word speech, it's really interesting. So, 
It's saying, let your speech, the word speech is the word in the Bible called logos. You know, you might be familiar with it in the Gospel of John where Jesus is called, well, the word of God is called the logos, the word of God, which is, if you think about God's word, the Bible is the fullness of God's will. <clears throat> and then it says Jesus was the living logos, word of God. He was the living will of God, the logos. So it's saying that our speech, if you think about that, it's kind of like everything that we are. It's not just the words that come out of our mouth. It says, should be always with grace. So what, is that, what would that look like if who we are in this world to others was always full of grace? That we looked at people through the eyes of what did Christ forgive you for? Can you be there and be for everybody? There's nobody you can't be for because God is for them. There's no person. Doesn't mean that you have to advocate what people do. That's different. You can be for the person and go, yeah, that's crazy stuff that they're doing, but I'm for them. I'm in their corner. I'm not just going, oh, I'm separating myself from you because, you know, get it together. Then maybe I'll talk to you. So our, our behavior, our lifestyle, always being full of grace, seasoned with salt is truth. Grace and truth. Truth is a big part of this, too. That you might know how to answer each one, which is kind of funny. How do you know how to, people always go, how do you share your faith? Bible says how you know what to say is grace. Grace will tell you what to say, you know, if we're walking in grace and living in grace. How we impact others. So here's <clears throat> each person, God's given gifts to one of a kind, one of a kind, that, but our lives are fulfilled and rich and meaningful when we pass it on, when we spread the love. That's what this whole series is about, is that we can make a difference, that we can. You ever want to change the world? I do. We can change the world and the world that we live in right now. Every single person can. Let's get out of this tunnel focus about just being about me, me, me. And just go, how can we give love and grace? How can we live that? How can that be who we're about? I want to pass on healing, not the other stuff. You know, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, so I got a couple of... Um, uh, things that I'd like you to think about. If you can pull out your programs, I'm going to have you write something, and then we're going to pray. Also, <clears throat> I want to ask you to, um, since, you know, it's my birthday, right? I get to ask for stuff. You don't have to give it to me. Um, thank you for praying for, for me that anybody that did, please let me know if you did, because that actually blesses me a lot, too. But we're going to, tonight, um, in a few minutes here, after I pray, going to give you these connection cards to fill out. If this is your first time here, um, it would bless me a lot if you filled it out. You only have to give out the information you want on there, but email would be great. And if you put your mailing address, I will send you a thank you card and a gift. So um, I'm going to send you a Starbucks card <laughs> as thanking you for coming to be a first-time guest here. So... Um, so I would love it if you fill that out. That would be bless me a lot. Anyway, so <clears throat> I want you to think right now, is there anybody that maybe God put on your heart that you thought about during this teaching? I know people thought, um, maybe you thought about <clears throat> grace for you, which would be great. But how about people that need grace right now in their lives to think of, I'd like to ask you to write down the names of five friends of yours right now that you'll pray for this week. 
you know. <clears throat> if you're willing, this is sort of like every time we're here, we'd like to try and do a stretch if you're up for it. We're not going to make it. I won't call you to follow up and find out if you did it. But, right, if you can just think right now and pray and ask God, because this is about sharing our focus. This series is about sharing and making a difference to others, to have five people you can pray for, names of five people, people you care about, people you hate, whatever. It doesn't matter. Friends, enemies, it'll all work. Just five people that you would like to pray for. Maybe people you're worrying about. And let me pray as we're doing this. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your incredible grace um, that I have seen in my life. Um, your grace has set me free in so many ways. Uh, I love that I don't have to feel deserving. It does make me want to live for you and do things for you. And I love that in spite of my flaws or the things that I fall short in, that there is never a time that you aren't for me, that you aren't in my corner. And I pray that everyone here, if they're not experiencing your grace, if they're not tasting it, I pray, God, that you would make your grace known, that you would open their eyes, that you would help people receive grace into their hearts in a way of going, yes, this is freeing. I do not have to deserve God's love, that, that God, whatever it is right now, I want you to also think, too, as we're praying, like, are there places, where are the places that you feel unworthy right now? And just to ask, I ask God to just, to let his grace, his grace is there, but to help you to let that grace in right now, to really receive the grace that God has, that it's true, it's true for you, whatever it is, it's a lie, it's an absolute lie that you need to be ashamed of whatever it is that you feel unworthy or not enough, it's a lie. That's not what God says. That where you are and who you are, that he sees you in, in every place that, of everything about you, the good and the bad, and loves you, that you are lovely and acceptable in his sight, and he is there for you and wants to be there for you. So I pray for these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.